Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hey, guys, it's me, Cameron. I'm here with Lindsay Metzelar, who is the founder of the We Met at Acme podcast. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I guess we can say this on here. I, we have to figure out releasing, but we're going to be doing kind of like a dual show. So whichever episode, if you're listening to this, make sure you go listen to the We Met at Acme episode as well. Do it. Um, yeah, it's so fun. And I want to get into all of that. Um, but first, I want to kick things off by asking, how would you define success? Great question. I would define success as being happy doing what you do every day. So literally just like whether that's being a mom or whether it's your actual job in itself, like doing something that truly genuinely makes you happy that you don't dread doing every day to me is the definition of success. I totally agree. And I think everyone always says, oh, my definition has changed over the years and mine absolutely has. Um, But for me, when I was at what most people might say, is like notoriously a more successful job working in sales and trading. At the end of it, I was not happy at all. And like mm-hmm. I personally didn't feel successful, even though I was making good money and like I had a well respected job. I was, I had this like pit of dread going in the building every day. And it's right. so important. I think a lot of times people are always like, oh, I want to do my own thing. And, you know, there's so much to be said for actually having a like steady corporate job, but also finding one that you enjoy and like don't dread getting up in the morning. Agreed. And like success has nothing to do with money. It's so much more happiness in my opinion. Agreed. So I love the We Met Acme podcast, but I most importantly, like I love it, but I love the page and the polls on your stories. So I Mm want to dive into the podcast as a whole. And if you could share with us how you created the show, how you came up with the idea, and then we can kind of go from there. Totally. So it's funny. I actually was dumped on my birthday on my my 27th birthday. I'm now 29. And I was like, where the, can I curse on this? Oh, hell yes. I I was like, where the (laughs) fuck did I go wrong? Like, this is so crazy. Um, you know, I was the one out of my girlfriend that everyone went to for advice. And I was like, I just don't get it. Like, Mm-hmm. I, I clearly don't know as much as I thought I knew about dating. Had you guys been together for a while? We hadn't been together for a while. And I think that's why it was such a shock. Cause like when you're together for a while, like you anticipate, you're like, okay, this is getting stale. This is getting not right. Good. We had only been together for three months and like, I just met his family, you know, it was like, it was mm-hmm. like one of those, like the rug was, was pulled under me. And And also, like, I think I realized after he broke up with me on my birthday that he was a piece of shit. So I was like, how did I, I was like, how did I not realize that before? Like, is there something wrong with me? Um, (laughs) So it was a lot of like having to realize things, as Kylie Jenner says. Um, And then I was like, I want to, you know, I want to listen to a dating podcast and, and learn because my friends are not providing me right now with the advice that I need. Um, And like, I just want, endless, I just want endless advice on this. And I just want to hear other people's stories. And, and I I went looking for a dating podcast to listen to, and there was nothing at the time. And I was like, this is so crazy. There's only podcasts about like news and crime, which don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. I love crime, 
but I was like, I need to hear, I need to hear some, something dating. And so I, I created, we met at Acme in the hopes to learn myself a little bit more about dating as a millennial. So I have to first admit that I've actually never been to Acme, which yeah. I'm embarrassed by. I know. Well, you know, I feel like people's groups have like whatever your group goes, wherever your group goes in New York, it's just like you consistently go to those places. And I feel like groups have different places. So if you go to Acme, you go all the time. And right. I, I don't know. I just never went. Like we were big um, Westway people. I loved Did you, Westway. I loved wow. Westway when it was around. Um, but I feel I always get asked questions. Uh, well, not always, but I do get a lot of questions for suggestions or tips on dating and like how to go about dating in New York City. And I feel like I'm letting people down because I have no advice because I've been with my husband for so long. And so I've never really, I've never explored the dating scene in New York. So I want to pick your brain on a ton of things. Um, But what do you feel the most, not misunderstood, but like what are some of the best pieces of advice you can give to listeners who are listening to the show and are single in New York? And then I also want to talk, like imagine we're not in quarantine. Because then I want to talk about quarantine dating. Um, But what advice would you give to them if they want to like get out into the dating scene of New York? I think that you, first of all, you have to have a good crew. Like you have to have fun people that you're going out with. Like if you're girls, you got to have fun girls. If you're guys, you got to have fun guys. If you like, you know, if you want to do a mix, mix it up. Um, Mm -hmm. But your crew has to be fun and good energy. Like anytime I've ever gone out with kind of like a downer friend or like a couch loving friend, yeah. I haven't had a good night. It's always when I am with like my fun, energetic friends who just like are down to have a good time that I have my most fun nights. So like, first of all, get a crew aligned. Um, and also like make sure your crew is not afraid to talk to guys or mm-hmm. girls, if, you know, just like make sure because you don't want to go out with people and like stay in your own bubble. And so I think just like first crew, second, like don't be afraid to try new spots. Don't go to the same place over and over again, unless it's acne, obviously. Um, <laughs> but really like try to switch it up because I feel like that's like the key to meeting new and like different crowds of people and just like have a good time. Like go to some, don't go to somewhere because you heard it was cool. Go to somewhere because the music is awesome and you're having like an amazing time dancing because it's always when you're having fun, when people are attracted to you because you're smiling, you're dancing and you're like radiating good energy. And that's when like, you, people want to come up to you and people want to talk to you. No, I agree. It's, I mean, even I'm not single, but like just being hit on, it's obvious where there are days where like I go out sometimes and it is so clear that I just have no interest in the other gender approaching me. Um, Mm -hmm. But then there are nights where like, not that I ever really have interest in them approaching me, but if I'm just dancing, having fun with my friends, not paying attention at all, that's when all of a sudden I'm getting hit on. I'm like, what is happening here? I always, exactly. 
I joke with my friends. I never got hit on more. Like it was a continuous joke that I was never hit on. I swear I just never was until I got engaged. The second I had an engagement ring on, it was like, oh, all of a sudden. And my friends had the same thing, which is so twisted, but sadly true. It's true. And it's same with guys too. Like guys are not hit on until they have a wedding ring on. It's so sad. Um, But I'm also curious your take and I'm sure you discuss this a lot at your show on your show. So people should definitely go listen. Um, but on apps and, you know, whether there are specific ones you found helpful or you prefer, or just in general, how people should tackle the app dating scene. Mm. I love dating apps. I think that we are so lucky to have them. Like we don't even realize. And like, you know, back in the day, people used to have to go to dating websites and it was so confusing and you, you had to fill out all these things. Now, like our phones are in our hands 24 seven. So mm-hmm. it's so easy to go on a dating app. And I actually met my ex on Hinge and he was a great person. And like, I'm really grateful for that relationship. It didn't work out. But, um, and the reason that I had met him is because I was actually using the app and I was going on tons of dates from Hinge and, mm-hmm. you know, from Bumble. And I was like, it's kind of a numbers game in a way, you know? So it's like, definitely, you, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You really have to meet as many people as you can. Obviously we're talking pre-quarantine here, but right. like I would be going on, you know, a couple dates in a night. And that was like, the perfect way to do it because then a couple days in a night, a couple days in a night. Yeah. Like I would have like a, 6 I need you to teach me this. <laughs> How does that work? Like a 6 PM slot and like a 9 PM. Oh my God. Look at you. But I, would I be feel so like tired by the end. I would be so bad on dating apps. And I talk about this with my friends, my friends, most of my friends are now like with significant others, but when they weren't, I would always like look at their dating apps and like scroll and like, you know, mm-hmm. go left, swipe right, swipe left, whatever the term is. Um, and I have a lot of friends who are engaged or married that met on dating apps. And I have always been like a bad texter. And so I always joke that I would be horrific on a dating app because every guy would think I hated them because I just I'm like, I'm very to the point. They're like, what's up? I'm like, oh, nothing much doing this. And like, period. I just, I'm not good at emojis. Right. Like you don't ask a question back. Yeah. Or I'm just like, if someone says something like, I'm like, okay. So my friend always thinks I'm mad at her, but I do think in a weird twisted way, Instagram has like given me a look into dating apps because now I'm like fostering these friendships with other people in this space and like, you know, connecting with people and DMing with people. And in a weird way, especially if I'm meeting like an influencer for the first time, I'm like, is this what a blind date feels like? like am I experiencing it? <laughs> it's like when you and I had our blind date. <laughs> exactly. You were like, you know, that's like a hinge date to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, but that you. is what, that's what it should be, right? Like you need to approach right. every dating update or date in general, like you're making a new friend because then right. like, you're, you're not having these high expectations and getting let down. And I'm so curious how people are handling dating during quarantine. And I know you talk about it on your page and you've also like kind of set up a little matchmaking service. So can you tell us, or I don't know if you want to call it a service, but what are you hearing and seeing from people right now during quarantine and how they're tackling the situation? Mm. Like with virtual dating? Yeah. With virtual dating. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, people are being 
like pretty resourceful and using every resource that they can right now to still date. And then people on the other hand are just abstaining because they're like, what's the point? I'm not going to start a relationship with someone now. Like I'm never going to get to see them. But I think that the former is actually the better way to go. Like why not cultivate these connections while sex is off the table and see if there's any like chemistry. I I mean, you have like more hours in the day now than you ever had before. Like most people aren't working. It's like everyone's at home. You have the time to date multiple people. Like you could go on like five dates a day right now. And I feel like people, smart people are utilizing that. And like, I actually, I was setting and still I'm setting some people up, um, on virtual dates, I had people submit their information and like, I've been matchmaking a little bit and that's been really fun. I love that. I have match made, I guess is the term, like one couple and it makes, it, it made me very happy. I'm not good at it. I feel like it's a very specific trait that people have. And I feel like you either set people up like so many different couples or you're just not someone that's able to do that. And I'm kind of on the side of the ladder of not able to do that. Um, but is the but couple I think, you set up still together? Yes. There you but go. it was like, a, I know, I know, but it was eh, whatever. But I also think that right now, exactly what you said, I think there's so much stress and pressure on like the sexual aspect of things during regular times in the dating scene of like, okay, if we go out, then what does that entail? And what's our first date? Are we going to dinner? Do I have to go back to his his or her place or whatever? Right now, like all of that is so far off the table that you can form these like, not friendships, but relationships with people and really decide if you like the person with or without the sexual aspect of it all. Agreed. Like now's the best time. So how do you personally, I'm curious, handle your dating life being such a public voice in this space. And like, Mm. I know I struggle a lot. I mean, I share so much of my life in a public way. And specifically when it comes to my husband, he's way more private than I am. And so I've had to kind of sit down with him and be like, what's off the table? Because like, it it is his life also when I talk about our fights or whatever. Um, And I'm really curious how that works with someone who's similarly sharing in a public way, but it's like the first week of a relationship. Yeah. I mean, well, firstly, like I make sure anyone that I'm dating is okay with the fact that I'm sharing. Like that's such a big, like you have to have consent. You can't just like talk about someone. And like, I know influencers who have done that and have had like backlash and issues. Mm -hmm. So I think... Consent is obviously number one. And then also like, you know, for me, when someone's dating me, like they kind of know what they're getting themselves into, right? Like they right. know. So do you bring that up like first date? Like, by the way, I host a dating podcast. Oh my God. Before that, like they okay. usually know what I do before the first date mm-hmm. because like it's not a secret and sometimes that's how we find each other. Right. Or I remember when I was on the apps in my profile, it would say like we met at Acme. Right. So it's like very out there for everyone to know. Very out there, not hiding anything. And then, you know, we would, the relationship would happen and I would not put it online. And then if we become official, like, you know, my boyfriend and I are now, 
I was like, I want to share this with people. Like I'm really happy. And the last people know is that I went through this crazy breakup that was like really sad. And I want to show people like there is so much happiness on the other side. And so with his permission, I shared and I don't really, I don't see a reason to hold back. It's like, we're all human. And Mm -hmm. if I'm going to have a dating podcast and not share my dating life, I can't imagine anyone would want to listen. Right. That's the, the, and like, that's how I feel about certain things that I talk about, whether it's like mental health or anxiety or like, you know, my health journey. Of course I have to share stuff if I want people to resonate and listen. And also the feeling of reassuring people they're not alone, which I'm sure when you talk about your breakup is so helpful for people because not many people in this space are like, I just, I don't, you know, we can get into the details of that if you want, but not many people are sharing the, the like downs of all of this, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. I mean, people aren't like, there will be influencers that I know who will share their entire relationship and then like break up and not say anything to their listeners about what happened and why. And it's like, I mean, I started this podcast because we're all so curious about why, so people, curious. Oh my why God. people stay together, right? Like I just asked as a poll question recently, when, when someone breaks up that, you know, do you try to find out why? And it was like 70% yes. Of course. We're all nosy. Right. Also. So it's like, give like, me, give me the tea that I want. Like, mm-hmm. I forget because who like, it was. I also want to be there for you if I'm, if I'm a follower. Right. Totally. And you know, it's so funny because we can be so invested in these people's relationships. And then when they break up like on bloggers and Instagrams, I remember I was following some pretty famous influencer and she was like, you know, we broke up and that was kind of it. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Like you just ripped the rug right out from under us. Like, I feel like we need an explanation. Right. And almost, like the community feels entitled to that information. So and then they on should the in a way. I get, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm someone, if you're going to share the highs, I think you should also share the lows. And that goes for relationships also. Obviously, there's another person involved. So like, for instance, right. Joe and I got in our first fight of quarantine and I don't feel the need to share the details of the fight with my community because it's more personal and that's something he would never want like publicly out there. But I said on my story, I was like, well, today, this morning I'm in a pretty pissy mood because Joe and I had our first fight of quarantine and like, whatever, I'm not going to act like we never fight or like argue about anything. But I think you then get to choose how much detail you feel like sharing. Exactly. Um, A give and take. And then when it comes to breakups, because I know you said that you were publicly sharing about that one, how does that work with the person involved? Like at what point do you feel like, well, now this is my story? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I kind of like, I just kind of went with it and was like, you know, here's what happened. And I, I didn't really ask because the reality is like, if you're fine with me sharing the relationship, like what is the difference with me sharing the breakup? If I'm saying nothing but respectful things about you, you know, like if I was going Mm -hmm. on And I was saying like, this person is terrible and I never liked them and blah, blah, blah. And we had a really messy breakup. Then I think you need permission. But Mm -hmm. if you're just saying that you have the utmost respect for them, but they weren't the one and that's something they know and feel too, I don't think that you need to ask permission. Granted, like he did listen to the episode where I talked about our breakup and he was like, what the fuck? And I was like, 
Yeah, he was. He did, he wasn't mad, but he was like a heads up would have been nice. And I was like, you're not wrong. You know, like um, I definitely should have given him a heads up, but like, ooh, sorry, I dropped a knife. Um, breakups are complicated, and that's kind of why, especially when you're someone that shares a lot of things. And again, like when you go into a relationship with someone who is public about their relationships in their life, like, I guess you have to take the breakup into consideration. Definitely. And I think that's something it's, it's interesting because I do think a lot of the people who are in the public figure role, like you and I, we always think about this. And I do think that it's something that other people forget about when they get involved sometimes of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, every detail might be. Um, So it's so interesting to hear and see both sides because like you, I totally, I I get where everyone's coming from in this situation. Um, Another thing I'm curious about is with all the people that you were speaking to and the polls that you do on your stories, can you first share like what got you started on the polls? Because I think they are so freaking entertaining. Yeah. So when I first started the podcast, I, and I still do it, but I was doing social media for brands. So I knew kind of all about social media and what people wanted to see and like how people like to interact. And so I knew that like people like to talk about themselves and people like to be involved and share their opinions. And so the poll question feature had kind of just come out from Instagram. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm going to ask people dating questions so that they feel like they contribute to this podcast, which they do, by the way, like I use so much of those results and I answer all of the DMS that I see. And like, I make it a point to make people feel included. And I think that's why I started the polls. And then also the polls are for me too to settle arguments with maybe my partner or my friends about certain dating etiquette. Absolutely. And not only, I also feel like it's providing you so much feedback and content and allowing you to engage with your audience. But like we said, people are nosy and curious. And it also gives everyone insight into other people's minds by seeing like when you hit your answer, okay, am I in the majority or am I in the minority? And by how much? And what do people think about this? Exactly. And are a lot of these situations ones that people are specifically sending in? Like how the hell do you come up with all of these? Yeah. Most of them are sent in by our listeners. Every now and then it'll be something that I am debating with my partner or my friends. I, I need to start doing more polls. I did one like the other day and I, it was like a bunch of stuff of kind of like where I was just more curious about like the demographic of my audience to get more like niche than what the business uh, Instagram analytics provide. But then I asked one that was like, if you had to give up one for the rest of your life, which would it be sex or dessert? And I was shocked how many people, I mean, most people gave up dessert majority, but there was still a large amount of people that were giving up sex. No way. I was shaken. Like people responded like, this is the hardest question ever. But then like, I would say almost 30% actually clicked the button of giving up sex. Do you think that's because a lot of people are going without sex right now, but not without dessert? I mean, maybe like right now people feel like they can just give up sex because if you're single and you're being quarantined, you're not having it. But I don't know if you're in a relationship, we need to like spice up your sex life. 
definitely. Like, (laughs) clearly your sex is not exciting. I yeah, I'm like, I love dessert more than anything, but no. Um, So that was, it It was like my first time venturing into a poll like that, where I was like, oh, let me just throw a random funny question at them and see. And I had so much, I don't know if like, it was just very entertaining. And I feel the same way when I'm looking at yours and like, I'm always clicking to see if I'm in the majority or minority. I love that. I'm um, always I'm so entertained by them too, especially I'm do these sure. like open ended questions. And we just recently asked what the weirdest thing a significant other's family member has said. I was to just reading those, and I was dying. Were insane. I was dying. One where it was like his mom whispered in my ear, "He lies." When I first met her, I'm like, "Fucking run for the hills!" Literally, wait. That's the one my boyfriend singled out too. He was like, "That's not okay." That's not okay. I would sprint so fast, like wherever they are, I would exit. Um, No, I think it's so entertaining. But I also think for anyone who's listening right now who's single, the podcast Instagram is a great place to engage and to learn and like figure out what other people your age or demographic are feeling. Because I do think the idea of dating like sometimes can be very isolating in a sense where you're like, I'm the only one. I I think a lot of my friends who are single sometimes will say to me, like, I feel like I'm the only one that's single. And I'm like, there are so many single people out there. Like you are not alone. It's just maybe in our small group of friends, you are currently the one that does not have a significant other. Right. Yeah. I mean, people, I feel like feel lonely being single all the time, but I mean, that goes back to like the crew. You got to have a crew of like fun single people. Okay. So here's a follow-up question to that then, because I talk about this a lot of like finding people who are interested in the health and wellness space and like how to create friends that are on the flip side, like maybe not trying to like black out every night, but how do you go about finding this crew if your group of friends right now is all like wifed up? Mm, That's tough. I mean, there's definitely resources, like there are resources everywhere. It's just, you want to find quality single people, right? Like, I would say... Have I mean, you ever done Bumble BFF? I, I actually haven't done Bumble BFF, but I've heard good things. I would say you could try Bumble BFF. You could try reaching out to your friend of a friend who's also single and being like do you want to go out sometime like, and you know, be, um, wing women or wing men. Um, but also like you can still go out with your married friends. You could still go out with your friends in a relationship. Oh, I go out all the, yeah. And like, they're they're even better wing wing people. Yeah. Because they're not trying to get laid either. They're like all about gassing you up. It's like, okay, let me find the person in here who's the best for you. It's so funny because I went through a phase like – I don't remember if we talked about this when we met, but I had suffered from a bad concussion and then I kind of like cut back on drinking a bit. And so I haven't been as like party as I used to be. Mm. And this quarantine, it's so weird. But like the one thing I want to do is like go out and party late in the night and like dance my ass off. And that is when I miss the most. Oh yeah. I was just talking about this with my boyfriend. I was like, I miss like going out and dancing to good music and then like being sore the next day from dancing. Yes. And I just uh, like, I miss it so much. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, th- your friends don't necessarily have to be single. Like, no, just they just have to be just fun. having people that'll support you and have fun. Mm-hmm. That's it. What do you think you see people are struggling with the most? Like, 
aside from quarantine right now that you get like DMs or comments about Mm. when it comes to dating? It always comes back to like, how do I define my relationship? And how do I ask what are we? And like, how do we take the next step? And Mm -hmm. so it's so much about that because like uncertainty is crippling for so many people. Yes. And, you know, I, I feel like patience is so important in that situation, but also like if you're happy with how things are going, like you don't need, you don't need more than that. Like just be happy in the moment. And like, maybe they'll ask you to be their girlfriend. Maybe you'll ask them to be your boyfriend, whatever it is. Like, just enjoy that time period because if you are going to be with this person for a long time, like that's the only time that you're going to have that you're not technically defined. So like enjoy Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I think a lot of people just want to label something like so Mm -hmm. badly because we all have this fear of the unknown and it's like, well, am I more into this than he is? Or do I see this as exclusive and he doesn't? And I've had this conversation with a few of my friends who are like in the beginning stages of relationships. And I'm like, oh my God, I have a problem with, and I know maybe this is because I just haven't been in this situation, but I have a problem with the fact that females for so, for majority feel like they can't initiate things, whether it's texting. It's like, well, he has to text me first. I'm like, why does he have to text you first? I think it's so dumb. I So I agree and I disagree. I think that like in the beginning, like, a girl can ask a guy out for sure. A girl can like initiate, but then it's like, you don't want to be texting him first the entire time of your relationship. Like he has to show some interest. So like, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it is, it's like, you can't really put all your cards on the table and say like, you know, make it too obvious that you're, that you're into them. So it's like, it's a, it's a balance. I agree. But say, for instance, you go out on a date with a guy, you like really hit it off. Maybe so whatever you meet on an app, you go on a date, you really hit it off. And like he texts you after like that was so fun, blah, blah, blah. And then like two days go by. I've had the instance where my friend is like, well, I can't text him. And in that case, I'm like, why can't you just text him and be like, hey, what's up? What are you doing this week? Am I totally wrong? Um, kind of. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just, I'm so traditional and like weird and crazy about that stuff. And I've gotten a lot of shit for it, but I feel like in the beginning stages, like you really, you kind of have to let them court you or like, that's, that's what I I would do. That's what I want, but that's not necessarily the case for everyone. And I think all guys are different too. I get, I don't know. I'm just so like, if you want something, ask for it type so yeah, I at would, first, so at first, first, like go for it. Like yeah. I, I asked my current boyfriend out on our first date and our second date, and then I just like didn't ever do it again. How did you meet your current boyfriend? We actually have known each other. He went to high school with my one of my best friends from college, and we ran into each other. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I technically, I'm trying to think of like when Joe and I first went on a date. He was definitely like. I had to, I put in a decent amount of effort also where I'm like, hello, like we were kind of friend zoned each other, not friend zoned. It was very clear that we liked each other, but we had like just been hanging out. And I was like, is he ever going to fucking make a move? I was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then when he finally kissed me, I literally 
after we kissed, I was like, it took you long enough. I was such a brat. That was my, (laughs) um, but I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like it does sometimes have to come from both ends. In my opinion, I'm just like, if you really are interested and there's that turning point of like, if we don't talk this weekend, we might never talk again, you know, like in the very beginning, whereas yeah. like if it, if it doesn't continue, then it just fizzles and it's done. I would say just try once like, Hey, what are you doing this week? Like, do you want to meet up? Yeah. I mean, I guess if like you want clarity on the situation. What are your thoughts on ghosting? No, it's not okay. I think it's so wrong. I have a lot of friends that have been ghosted and I am appalled by some of the male's behavior. Yeah, it's it's not okay. I mean, I have this thing on my Instagram called anti-ghost text and it basically gives you alternatives to ghosting. And I just, I really don't think ghosting is ever okay because it's like treat someone how you would want to be treated. And would you want to be ghosted? Probably not. So don't ghost them. It's also not hard to just send a text and be like, hey, this was fun, but like, you know, it's not what I'm looking for. Like nothing against you, like stay well or something like so lame. It doesn't even matter. Just like a one liner. Anything is better than being ghosted. Anything. Like anything. Uh, Yeah. It blows my mind. Where do you see We Met at Acme in like the future and continuing? Like, would you want to ever create an app of sorts or... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm open to so many things. Like I have so many, I have so many aspirations for We Met at Acme. Like, I don't even know where to start. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely like at some point I want to write a book. Like I want to do something with the poll questions. Um, You could totally do a book of like poll questions and submissions. That would be some funny shit. Yeah. I mean, I would... Like that would be so fun. Like I feel like I, it's a perfect like game to play with friends. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe something like that. And just want to like continue to give advice to, to people because that gives me so much joy is like to be able to be kind of like an older sister to people who, um, you know, want some dating advice. And like, I, I love that. It makes me so happy. Right. Um, what do you think your favorite characteristic is about yourself? For me, it's my curiosity. Um, because that is like what led me to the podcast in the first place. And, um, it's, it's always been there. Like since I was younger, I was like that kid who was like, but why, but why? Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like the curiosity chip is like what keeps you growing and what keeps you, um, learning. And and that's like the most important thing in my opinion in life is like to continue growing and to continue learning and um, to like never think you're fully done. I agree. It's something what you, that- What is yours, by the way? I wanted to ask you back. Um, I would- pro- Mine vary. Like it depends on what mood I'm in, honestly. Mm-hmm. I usually would say that I, my work ethic and like determination and grit when it comes to like when I put my mind to something, it happens because mm-hmm. of hard work, not just like, oh, I anything happens that I want. It doesn't always happen. Um, but I'll work my butt off to try to make it happen. And like I don't take no for answer, mm-hmm. answers or an answer. But I, right now I'm starting to notice that I feel I'm a bit more of like an empath than I ever thought I was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been so emotional during this time and I'm obviously not alone. Um 
but I've been feeling like very affected by other people and like emotional. And I have just been like crying at the like drop of a pin over anything. And for my whole life, I was very like guarded and kind of like referred to as a bitch just because I said what I thought. And I think people thought I didn't have emotions, which was a misunderstanding. And I think I've become over the years more in tap with my emotions. And lately I'm really loving that about myself. I love that. I need, I'm, I still need to be better at that. I mean, I say that and then I'm a massive raging bitch to my family during quarantine. So I obviously <laughs> need to work on it as well. <laughs> my mom's going to be listening to this being like, who is she talking about? Cause that person does not exist. Um, but we can all grow in many ways yeah. and quarantine is teaching us that. Exactly. Um, I'm also curious your opinion on like dating reality shows. Do you, are you big on those? Like oh, I love everyone. Oh, you do. Okay. Because I, I just can't get behind them. I think I'm the only person that didn't watch Love Is Blind. It was so good. Uh, granted, like I, I don't, I don't think people should go on them, but I love right. <laughs> and then there's the one. What's it? Too hot to handle that everyone's obsessed with right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I finished that. It was so good. Yeah, I've never been like a bachelor or bachelorette. I don't know. They just, I find them like. I, I think it's more. It's less about the dating aspect, but reality TV in general. I struggle with. Yeah, I mean, um, but I, it's so stupid. Yes, it is. Um, but I get my fix of like romance for everyone who's listening and is a follower on my Instagram. They know this. I have been like deeply, profoundly obsessed with young adult books during quarantine. And it's become like a bit of an issue. No, like I've read 17 books since I've been here. Um and not all of them are YA, but a lot of them are. But like, I don't know why the romance right now is like just really getting to me. It just makes me so, I don't know, it pulls at like all of my heartstrings and I leave every book hysterically crying. Wait, that's so cute. I need to, I need to like hear what the best book was that you've read. Oh, I have a long list that I can share with you. Um, it's, I sometimes get nervous sharing about some of them because they are so sexual. It's like, did you oh, read Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, of course. So it's kind of, some of them are kind of like that. Um, but they're so great. Colleen Hoover, I'm obsessed with right now. She's an author and she wrote a lot. And like none of these are great literature books. Like it's a three, two to three day beach read, and you just oh no, I love I, those are my those are my go tos. I'm gonna send you a full list, and then you'll have to do a We Met at Acme episode on like why young adult books and how they create these like false, um, not perceptions, but these false ideas of men, and like do these people actually exist? Because I leave they the book sometimes. Spoiler alert, they don't. Yeah, I leave the book sometimes and I'm fighting with Joe. And he's like, you're fighting with me over a fictional fucking character. And I'm like, okay, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> um, and then to close, I always bring it back a little bit to food with what would be the three ways to your heart through food? Oof, like what three foods would get so me? So it can be... It people take this in like many different directions. It could be like very specific foods. It could be food genres. It could be like things around food. People honestly have taken this question in so many different directions. Yeah, no, my favorite foods are fried foods for sure. Like foods that you can find on a kid's menu, like chicken fingers and fries. And the weight of my heart is like chicken fingers and fries, mac and cheese. And I don't know, like a fried Oreo or something or mozzarella. Oh my God. I love fried Oreos. Love. And I just learned how to make them. 
What are you using? The like Pillsbury Crescent? Um, no, I, I Christina Tosi from Milk Bar put up this recipe. I will send it to you, and it's so easy. Like you can fry anything. Oh my gosh! Okay, perfect. Send please, because I saw people doing them in like an air crisper. I need to get one of those. I oh, like, I'll send I need you to get air fryers, air crispers, all of those things. I'll send you the one I have. I love it. Please. Um, okay, so what about after fried food? Or is that just like chicken fingers and French fries are one, mac and cheese is one, and yeah, no, those those three, those three. Okay. Like, there's Fair. nothing better. I love that answer. Um, well, thank you so much for being on here. This was so fun. I'm sure a lot of, of people will find this helpful. Definitely go check out. Um, we met at Acme podcast and Instagram, and be sure to get involved in her polls because they are freaking hilarious. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.